0: trick is to go from why me to where's the opportunity in this as fast as, as fast as possible. As fast as possible. As fast as possible. As
1: fast as possible. Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to the 95 Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan McCollin. Episode 3 starts right now. So today we have a special guest in the building, business coach, speaker, entrepreneur, and author Is his... First your first book, Stan? Second. Yeah. Second book. Breakthroughs in Success. How a Broken Back Healed a Broken Mind. Stan Peak. Welcome to the show, man.
0: John, thank you so much for having me. Let's have a great show today. Let's let's drop value all over the place for your listeners, my friend. Definitely, definitely. No, Stan reached out to me.
1: He heard some of the content from the podcast. And he was like, yo, I wanna get on this show. And I was like, yo. Of course. So now Stan, just tell just tell the audience
0: kind of your backstory. Who is Stan Peak? What do you do? You know? Absolutely happy to. It's funny. It's a backstory, of course. A bit of irony there. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I'm I'm uh, as you mentioned, I'm a speaker, author, entrepreneur, and most of what I do is coach. Okay. So I'm a business. Yeah, I'm a business and performance coach, and so coach is a very diluted, a very overused term. What I really do is I help leaders unleash their hidden potential. I help leaders and businesses unleash their potential. And so what I really am is a catalyst. I'm happy to coach people, but hang around me long enough. And I'm going to probably hold you accountable to make sure you change right. what you need to change to see results. So that, that's who I am. And yeah, my background came probably like a lot of coaches from athletics. So I played football in Canada. I played at the you know junior high, high school and university level. And then my story is a lot of overcoming adversity and finding opportunities. So that, that first happened when I almost broke my neck in football. And oh, that wow. ended my, yeah, it wasn't that fun. It uh, ended my football career. But what it also did was it taught me a lot about rehabilitation. And I was a smaller guy playing linebacker. So I had to learn a lot about technique in the gym. And then I had to learn a lot about rehab. So that was a great way to really uh, launch my fitness career because I had to learn so much about strength and conditioning and proper technique. And then fitness really was a foray into coaching people to help achieve their potential. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. I was really working with people to help them lose weight and get stronger and all those good things. But Really, what I did all day was work with people, with what's between their ears. Right. The weight room just—the weight room just happened to be the medium, right? Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, I had a 18-year career in fitness and health and medical. I owned two businesses during that time. I loved it. Um, my second business, we went through a merge, and with that merge, learned so much. It was a phenomenal experience. But five years later, my role was so different and I just I wasn't passionate about what I was doing every day um, and I wasn't passionate enough to drive the company forward anymore, so it was definitely time to do the work on what's next and, and really uh, a few years ago from that, that's where my coaching practice began.
1: Nice. Nice.
0: And, uh, you know, we mentioned, you kind of mentioned backstory. Um, I I know we'll get into it, but uh, that was one of the biggest challenges is, you know, not long after launching a business. I'm sure we'll cover that.
1: Definitely, definitely. So, So tell me, like, what's the workflow like being a business coach, working with these different entrepreneurs? Tell me kind of about that side of it, you know?
0: Well, what I love about it is, you know, the workflow is what you make it, and it's so important to stay organized and intentional. Otherwise, you can be all over the map and not making a lot of money, so... Really, my day takes me everywhere. I've got clients all in Canada so far, but from Vancouver, B.C. to Montreal, Quebec. So that's almost as far as from Victoria, B.C. to Japan. So that covers a lot of ground. Oh, wow. And yeah, so my workflow is a lot of meetings over the phone or over Skype, a lot of face-to-face meetings and a lot of speaking engagements either to help clients or it's actually a great way for most coaches to acquire new clients. Is through their speaking events. Nice, nice.
1: So, I know we touched on the backstory irony. All right, my audience probably doesn't know about it yet. So, this touch on. Well, let's go in depth on what that, what, what happened in your life, in you know, order to make you write the book. And let's go from there.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. And and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to touch base with you and and you know get on your show is because that ninety five, that notion that you know, success is 5% inspiration, 95% perspiration. Yeah. You know, your dream doesn't work if you don't. That's that's really Definitely. the notion, right? Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, and I was all for hard work. In my last career, when I was really losing engagement, you know, it was one of those things where I really was becoming a bit of a disengaged employee. Uh, on Fridays, I was kind of looking for an excuse to, you know, who would like to go for a quote-unquote working lunch and, you know, have a beer or two. I got you. And nothing wrong with that, but it's funny when you start something that you're so much more passionate about. There's there's Fridays where all of a sudden I look up and it's 7.30 PM and I'm like, oh my God, I got to make dinner for my son. <laughs> you know, it, it's so much easier to get lost in the work when you're passionate. So long story short, uh, that was really what was happening. And I was working hard to build this dream coaching practice. And three months after lo- leaving my last uh, business, I broke my back in a mountain biking accident. And yeah, hard work was going to be the formula for success. I was happy to outwork my competition, but that strategy went out the window when I was in a back brace for three months and I couldn't even drive because you can't shoulder check when you're in a neck and back brace. Yeah. Uh, I also, you know, my I was in a lot of pain. I was in on um, painkillers. Uh, I wasn't getting a lot of good sleep. So I was really stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it would have been obviously easy to quit. It would have been easy to try to get on some sort of, uh, you know, benefits or, you yeah. know, you know, whatever kind of disability. But the fact is, I just knew that there's no way I can let this dream die. Failure was not an option. I gotcha. It, it just couldn't be. So, really, I, I you know, you, we talked a little bit before the show about mindset, and so it, it, I really believe it's not what happens to you. As a coach, I always tell people events are neutral. There's no such thing as a good or bad event. Yeah. There's events that uh, that happen to us are neutral. It's what we do about it afterwards that really takes on different meaning. So me breaking my back three months after losing, leaving a secure job where cash flow was tight and I needed to work hard, that was brutal timing. Yeah. But what came out of that because I chose to see an opportunity was a great story that was easy to market that really led to me writing a book and and before it even became a book my last speaking engagement before I broke my back was on overcoming obstacles. Kind of ironic, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so when you when you talk about overcoming obstacles and then you break your back, all of a sudden you're like an expert in the subject. So uh, my last talk, there was, I think, 30, 35 people at the event. It was a small, really small presentation. The next one, 160 people signed up. Oh, it was wow. huge. And so that really led me to think, okay, I'm on something. There's a hidden opportunity here. There's a way that my broken back can become an unfair advantage. And, and this is really what I teach because challenges are coming for us. I don't care if you're a startup, I don't care if you do hundred million in your revenue a year, every business, every leader, every person has problems. Yeah. So the right to move past those problems, the trick is to go from why me to where's the opportunity in this as fast as possible. If we can do that, then we can actually create opportunity out of chaos. And that's what entrepreneurs do, as you know, you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs create solutions when they find a gap or a problem in the industry or they question, why are we doing things this way? There's got to be a better way. Definitely. That's what entrepreneurs do. Definitely.
1: Now, I want to know, I want to ask you something real quick. So, you're in a back brace, you broke your back, right? Any other person would be like, oh, man, let me let me just let, let me just, you know, take it easy. But your mindset was almost like, let me go get it. I can't stop. I have to just not I'm not going to succumb to my circumstance you know so I want to know was that always your mindset did you always have a mindset of get up and go get it or was that something that was developed over time
0: I think it's both I think that uh, I've been proud of my mindset I definitely through experiences of football and sports and the people I choose to associate with I've definitely surrounded by people who are more victorious than victims Right. They choose to see. Yeah, they choose to see opportunity. And, you know, you are who you roll with. So if I'm hanging around people that are always complaining, it would have been really easy to grab the talking stick and hold court for a while because now I got the biggest problem of the group. But that doesn't get you very far. And even if other people are validating your problems, that doesn't solve your problem. So my mindset had to be, I had to find a way around this. And I remember in the hospital, I was there for six days. And the doctor said to me, you won't be working for a while. Well, that was day one. My wife, I had her bring my laptop to the hospital the very next day. So I had to be doing something while I was in the hospital. And six days, sorry, nine days after my accident, I was meeting a prospect. And I told her that I would meet her at the coffee shop that was the closest to my house that I could walk to, and even that was painful. Oh, wow. So I'm kind of describing, I'm like, oh, I'll be the guy in the back brace, <laughs> and kind of a funny conversation. She's like, what? Uh, we can reschedule. I'm like, no, I can't afford to reschedule for three months from now, so let's, let's meet on the Thursday, whatever it was. So, I mean, that is that was the mindset, and I did what I could. Uh, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was brutal. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I was living my life in four-hour segments in between doses of potent painkillers, and it was really a juggle between enough rest to heal my back but enough work to build my business. And I had to do both. I couldn't do one and then the other. Oh,
1: man, I got you. So what are some of the lessons that you
0: learned while you were in um, rehabilitation. The biggest thing I learned was that there's always opportunities. There are no shortage of opportunities. Where most people fall down is that they fail to see those opportunities and that's because they can't get outside their problem. This is where coaches come invaluable and don't get me wrong, I've worked with several coaches for different reasons because right. they've offered me different value. A coach can help someone see an opportunity that's not there. And a coach can also wrap perspective around a problem that we think is life or death, and then we realize, oh my gosh, I now see a way out of this. So the biggest thing I learned was really, I had to just find a way out of it because other people have way bigger tragedies they've overcome than me. I know some of them, my mentor, you know, he didn't have the easiest uh, entry into life and the guy is a phenomenal success. There's also people we read about that are just, you know, it brings a tear to your eye, their story, and they've been able to turn it into success. So I think that option is available to all of us. It's just whether or not we want it bad enough and whether or not we sit long enough to understand where there might be opportunities. Uh, Going back to the first point, want it bad enough, your vision has to be something that sends shivers down your spine if it's not broken um got it's got to be something <laughs> that really stretches you because if you have goals that don't matter then you don't take any action so that's where it's really easy to be lazy is if we have goals that don't matter to us at the soul level i got you definitely so
1: having being being in that situation you had to have a why like what, what was your reason for it like, getting up and doing it because having a mindset is one thing but your mindset has to be like in line with a goal, like you said, right? So what was
0: your goal being in that situation? And yeah, the same goal that exists right now, my goal, my why is to change the face of business by empowering more values based leaders to take over the world. So if I if I can break that down, definitely, I don't believe in the world where, you know, a buyer's remorse. There are companies, one of whom shan't be named, who believe in privatizing water. They don't believe drinking water is a basic human right. They think it should be commercialized and accessible by, by those who have means. No, I think business should be and used to be a force for good. And I think there are a number of leaders out there, hopefully a number of whom that are listening to your podcast, who believe that you can maximize your profit while you develop and and enhance the people around you and you make your community a better place to live. Those are the best businesses in the world, those that focus on triple bottom line. And it's not ironic, John, that those businesses financially outperform their peers. If you look at the S&P 500 or any other financial index, values-based businesses, they financially outperform their peers by a significant margin.
1: Nice, I got you. So- being a business coach, you've been around a number of entrepreneurs and business leaders. So what are some of the things that you saw in those entrepreneurs that would, that would hinder them from being successful? And on the flip side, what are some of the things that you saw that would benefit them to be successful?
0: Uh, it's funny that it's two sides of the same coin. The answer to both questions, it really is, the answer to both questions is their belief system. So what holds a lot of people back is believing they don't have the capabilities to execute their vision or they actually limit their vision based on their current reality. Those things are all belief systems. And, and if I could give you an example, you know, I remember working with uh, a couple of clients, great guys, and we, our first day we we're talking about blue sky and vision future. And when I asked about their goals, the first thing one of them said was, well, for a company our size, so right away you're defining your future vision based on your current reality as opposed to well anything is possible so I'm going to guess set a goal that I want that I love and then I want to figure out how to get there so it's it's that confidence to set a goal even if you have no idea how to get there those are actually the best kind of goals that's Walmart in 1990 set a BHAG, a big hairy audacious goal of being a $125 billion a year company. Come well, on. in 1986, one of the last years that this uh, research had uh, financial metrics, Walmart did $8.5 Now, that's a big company, but let's put that in perspective, John. So if you make $8.5,000 a month, you're making $102,000 a year. That's a very good income. Definitely. But what if you made $125,000 a month? Now you're into 1.5 million a year versus 102,000 a year. That's a humongous income gap. And when we put it into those terms, people can understand that crazy growth trajectory. And by the way, Walmart is way more than 125 billion in revenue now. That's the power of setting goals that stretch you.
1: Oh man, it's true. It's so true. It's so true. Man, I read, I read some of your articles on Entrepreneur Magazine online. I just want yeah. to know, I, I read the article when you talked about business owner versus entrepreneur, right? Can you just dive into that some more for your listeners?
0: It's funny. I got a lot of comments about that article because people are saying, well, wait, aren't you an entrepreneur if you're a business owner? And I mean, if you want to go real technical, sure, but I do believe there is a difference and the difference is more than a, a distinction without a difference a business owner is someone who owns a business yeah. and there's a lot of people out there that buy themselves a full-time job and when you buy yourself a full-time job it's because you're just working your 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 tunnel vision you know maybe you're in the trades maybe you have a specific skill that you're customer facing and you're always charging you know a consulting fee for me as a coach yeah. I'm a business owner only if all of I do is coaching. As soon as I start writing books, doing speaking engagements, partnering in other collaborations, that becomes entrepreneurial. And An entrepreneur is a mindset. Another big difference there is that business owners are task, product, or service oriented, and it's all about lifting capacity to drive revenue. But that revenue is often operational in the sense that if you don't create a product, you don't get paid. Right. Imagine imagine a massage therapist. If, if you're a massage therapist and you don't perform a massage, how are you getting paid? I got you. Yeah, you're not. You can't. Because you are not providing the service, therefore you cannot command the revenue. Now, if you own the massage therapy studio where you have other massage therapists or other modalities uh, leasing space from you, well, there's definitely lots of days where you don't show up to the clinic, but you still got paid. Right. And that is entrepreneurial revenue. That's revenue that can happen in our absence because of value that we've created that we can now scale. I got you. So
1: let's go back. Let's go back. You know, we started off talking about a book. I want to dive into that some more. You know, I want to know for my listeners to so tell them why they should go
0: get this book. I'm so glad you asked, and thank you. I didn't write this book for other people who break their back. This is not, <laughs> a, this is not a spinal rehabilitation tale. You know, other people's broken back is going to be a divorce or a, fails, a failed business. Maybe it's going to be uh, severe financial hardship. I mean, there's so many things that have happened all over the world. I mean, you know, look at the hurricanes that have happened recently, yeah. people that have lost their homes. You know, there's all kinds of uh, devastating tragedies all over the world. But when that happens, there's always hope, and so my book is really a, a tale on mindset. I, the book tells the story of me breaking my back with, at the time, it was the worst possible timing, but then I got through it, and so the back half of the book is how did I get through it, and it's there's eight specific fundamentals that really go through that, and and one of the first ones is rethink your thinking, you know. Yeah. Like I said, how do we go from why me to where's the opportunity in this? You know, the second thing is, uh, you know, you had to have something to look forward to. I mean, for me, I made two promises to my mentor and to myself in the hospital. First one was I was going to find a way to turn this into an opportunity, into an unfair advantage even. And the second one was I wasn't going to waste a perfectly good broken back because I only plan on having one broken back in my life. (laughs) So I I really had to look at ways of how can I use this to my advantage? You know, um, really, it it is about that mindset as well. If you are will, if you want to stay in victim mode, if you want to stay in that complaining mode, you're never going to see solutions. So you have to get outside your problem. And, and the book really goes into other actions that you can take, um, even things, even things that are more, uh, you know, granular, like how you stay organized in your time management so that you can really achieve those goals. And, and that's one other big thing is having big goals, goals that matter, and goals that stretch. I got you. I, you
1: talk about your mentor a lot. right? So I want to know to you, what's the, how
0: important is a mentor to you? And why do you think other entrepreneurs should have a mentor? I think other entrepreneurs should not just have a mentor. I think they should have a few, if not several, because there's, yeah, there's not one person who's going to be there before you in all aspects of life who can offer timely and succinct wisdom in every area that you need it. So I might talk to one person about parenthood and I might talk to somebody else about business and I might talk to somebody else about speaking engagements, even within business, someone who's going to be really valuable. Uh, for me to learn about building my coaching practice is probably not the same person who's gonna make me a better speaker. Right. and probably not the same person who's going to make me a better author. Uh, ultimately, there's a great saying uh, called that's, that really talks about standing on the shoulders of giants. So you don't have to know it all and you don't have to be first with everything. If you really want to be seen as an expert in what you do, learn from an expert. Two reasons. Number one, success leaves clues. And when you are learning from someone else who's an expert, you're not just picking up subject matter knowledge. You're looking at their habits. Right. You're learning from their mindset. You're seeing their example. Success is transcendent. What it takes to be a successful business coach is no different than what it takes to be a successful athlete. They are just different activities, but there's still things like setting a goal, having a vision, working your rear end off you know, adjusting when things don't go well, yeah. not quitting, you know, surrounding yourself with people that make you better, all those things. And, you know, the, the second real uh, big value in in mentorship is that, you know, like I said, standing on the shoulders of giants, you learn their knowledge. And if you are tacking on your own knowledge here and there over and above that, that is how you become a subject matter expert. I mean, as a coach, there's lots of times where I'm utilizing maybe some of Jim Collins' work or Tony Robbins' work or John Maxwell's work in leadership yeah. or Malcolm you know, uh, Gladstone's. There's so many great thought leaders out there that if I want to be a great coach, I could take 20 years to acquire their knowledge or I could take one year and read all their books.
1: Definitely. I got you. It's a pleasure talking to you, man. We have, we have this... This segment, a recurring segment on the show called Quick Fire Inspire, All right? Um, you tell us three pieces of advice, real fast, real quick, for the audience to inspire them. Yeah? Absolutely. Happy to. So, whenever you're ready.
0: The first thing is start your day with intention. I'm a huge believer in the power of a morning routine. You know, the top performers in the world, they definitely act from an inspired place. But if we wait to be inspired, we'll never get there. So the key is to learn how to inspire yourself. Maybe we find that we get fired up by listening to the 95 podcast. Well, you know what? Let's grab a back episode and let's listen to that in our morning commute. Let's show up at our first meeting fired up as you, John, and your guests drop wisdom on your listeners. That might be a great way to start the day. Maybe we start with meditation or a gratitude exercise. For me, real quick, it's a great morning. G is for gratitude. I do a gratitude exercise. R is relationships. I look at the state of all my relationships. E, I exercise. A, I look at all the items on my list achieved. So I picture them done well and that fires me up. And then T, I tweak the to-do list. Hey guys. So start with a start with a very powerful morning routine. Second, we already talked about this. Start with the vision and with goals that stretch you. Do not do not set goals. After looking at your current bank balance, do not set goals after someone knocks you down. Do not set goals when you consider your present reality. You I, I'm a big believer. You we are all the architect of our own lives.
1: I love that. So I start love that.
0: Yeah. Start with a blank piece of paper and a pen and decide what you want to be and who you want to be. And then every day we take steps forward to be that person. And the, the last point, the last point is consider your life with problems. So that's, it may sound like a weird piece of advice, but a lot of people who we all have problems, when they think about success, they think about this blue sky future, this this fairy tale ending where we've all got lots of money, lots of friends, lots of success, our name and lights. We never think about what problems we'll have. Yeah. So don't consider success as the absence of problems. Realize that the most successful people in the planet probably have bigger problems than you do. So don't picture success without problems. Think of bigger problems that you might have when you're more successful and then you are have a better shot of getting there. Because if we have this unrealistic view of happiness and our future, we'll never get there because it doesn't exist. I got you. Okay? Success is not the absence of problems. Success is happiness among the problems you do have
1: i love that i love that yeah Yo, thank you so much Stan. thank you for joining the show thank you so much All right.
0: let the people know where they can find you online yeah absolutely uh they can find me at insight performance coaching that's i-n-s-i-t-e performance coaching.com uh they can find me at twitter at coach underscore peak um, those are probably the best places to find me Insight Performance Coaching has a Facebook page and uh, a YouTube page as well they can look at all that but the website has it all and I just want to say thank you John and I hope that your listeners got a lot of value out of today um, and I just want to implore you to continue doing the great work you're doing and, and I, I love what you do I appreciate it man for real I appreciate it thank you so much man
1: thank you my friend a good one yeah you too. Yo, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of the 95 Podcast. You just heard that Stampede interview. If you're not following us, you know what to do. At the 95 Podcast, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, go do your thing. Smash that subscribe, smash that follow button, you know, and let's do this. Before I leave, I just want to leave you guys with this um, quote from malcolm waldo emerson and it goes god will not have his work made manifest by courage so basically get up and go do your ish and let's do it i think i'm gonna i think that's gonna be a regular thing i'm just gonna have that i'm gonna leave you guys with a quote after every episode i think that's gonna be a thing now yeah (laughs) have a good one guys